Hey there, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the League Community Podcast. You are cursed to have me, Dylan Most Dirty, as your host today. Fortunately, guest hosting with me is the wonderful Scarzard. Please, Scarzard. Uh, the wonderful Scarzard is not here, but the uh, entirely passable guest host Scarzard is. Uh, we also have two people uh, here to talk to us about Aurelian Soul, the new uh, champion that looks something like a dragon. Uh, that you may have heard about. Uh, we have uh, his designer, Luke Reinard. Yep. Not Renard. Hello. Very specifically. Got it. Uh, and the man Nailed who <laughs> uh, scribbled a bunch of crayons and called it a story, Matt Dunn. Yes. Uh, I believe that's that's what happened. That Whoa. is correct. It's and you called both a media. man and a person, so thank you. <laughs> like, it's better than my parents start. That's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So before we go, just putting You're people fully on here. blast. It's, yeah, let's uh, let's get a little bit of background, Luke. So, uh, what, what's your deal? Obviously, you worked on uh, Aurelian Soul, but uh, how how did you come to uh, to be there for that? Oh, the, the the life story or the just uh, the brief? You know what you do at Riot? Yeah. So um, presently, I'm a associate technical game designer at Riot. So I work on the champion team. Uh, I worked on uh, Bard. It was my first champion. And now Aurelian Souls my second one. Everyone just flipped out, by the way. They were like, oh, yeah, Luke Reiner, wait, Bard? No, like, no way. Like, 10 or 15 people just flipped out like crazy. And, like, everyone else <laughs> oh. is like, oh, who's oh, that guy. Are you going to shout yeah, out just... to the Bard main subreddit? <laughs> yeah. These yeah, I'll shout out to Bard mains. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Shout outs to, to R. There are dozens of us. Bard mains. Uh, <laughs> one other thing I want to interject here that a lot of people out there uh, just, I don't think they could know legally. Uh, you also uh, are one of the main reasons we have a trinket slot in League of Legends. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so before I was a designer, I was an engineer on the game, and before that, the patcher, and before that, b build. And yeah, I've been here a long time. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of work for season three. That was season yeah, three. yeah, yeah. That yeah. was season three. Um, to get that stuff into the game. So yeah, we were like, but but we could never have a seventh item a slot. Yeah, item then, slot. And Luke was just there like, hello, I've come from the patcher. What did you need? And we were like, oh, can you carve out a trinket slot? He's yeah. like, poultry, it will be done in the morning. Hold on, let me let me return the smoke machine first. I, yeah. I made the entrance and now It was definitely pretty mysterious. Matt, uh, I, I want to know, how did you get involved in this whole mess known as... Uh, <laughs> Man, you're really just selling this thing. Yeah. I know. Just, you know how, how, how did you come to be a, a writer first and foremost? Uh, to be a writer, yeah, I just... made a lot of poor life decisions. <laughs> yeah, I did not to listen point. to my 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 family. <laughs> okay, Matt, what did they be want you to be? Be a doctor. Be a lawyer. Yeah. That gives you a lot to write about, though, right? And then yeah. you wrote yeah. them enough angry responses that you were like, "Oh God, this could just be me." Actually, it was the day I got a refund at Six Flags Great Adventure, where I wrote a very strongly worded letter and got everybody like a hundred bucks back. That was <laughs> yeah. the day I was like, "Calling." <laughs> there it is. What a, and, what a weird thing yeah what? right uh, i think I'm, it's I'm... specific enough though that i'm happy that it's like a cornerstone moment yeah. like and, a really defining thing and matt's great struggle has uh, has provided him the background that he needs to to get to where he is today yes to, to write the story for this thing that looks like a dragon according yeah. to patrick who's well, apparently well trying i think to get more correctly canceled. he is a <laughs> celestial being it's a dragon-esque entity yeah ah. that's the thing i'm, <laughs> trying, I'm trying to say the form of a dragon perhaps <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe all dragons have chosen their form after him. There oh. is a line that indicates that might be true. That is oh. deep. Why did wow. I get Pale. deep voice? Like yeah, I, don't I don't know. That was like, at any <laughs> moment you're going to give stare. some trivia, you need to like deliver it as if it's the cliffhanger to the episode. I think and it's having it. a microphone like right in front of you that makes you feel like you need to say something really like deep and meaningful. Well, like, like well, you're in a... well, let's talk about some some things that are both deep and meaningful. Very specifically, I, I don't want to suspend the whole show on it, but we have to talk about Aoshin. There's there's no reason that, uh, you know, there's no way we can do a podcast about Aurelian Soul without talking about his technical forefather. Uh, so for those of you uh, who are not in the loop somehow, uh, we announced uh, we were working on a, a storm dragon a very, like, Chinese-influenced kind of Eastern dragon called uh, Ao Xin. This is almost mm -hmm. three years ago. Yeah, this clear. is a very, very long time ago. And that was it, actually. We we never really talked about him since. Uh, there was no extra look at the kid. It was just some concept art. But naturally, and you can't blame people for that, there was kind of an expectation, like, oh, when is Ao Xin coming out? Like, where where is Ao Xin going to be? Such that uh, when it actually came time to do Aurelian Soul, we were all like, oh, God, we have to, like, deal with that somehow. So so why, Luke, in, in your own words, because I know you were kind of just joining the team at the time, how did it come to this, right? How, when, how did we decide Aoshin was kind of a no-go? 
Right. I think the it was sort of a complex decision, but I think the main point of it was that um, Aoshin was very directly a mythological beast that sort of existed in mythology already. And I think the uh, real impetus was that we wanted to make a character that was uniquely League of Legends, that, you know, take, takes the sort of expected and puts a twist on it and makes it really interesting and unique. <coughs> um, so that's sort of where we started out from. We said, okay, there's something really cool in this archetype of dragon because you don't have the dragons we have in the game are very like, I guess you could say Western. They're, you know, they're the big scaly winged fire breathing yeah. kind of dragon. You have the but, Skyrim one in, in the that you slay for buffs. And then you have Shivana uh, that is only really half dragon. Honestly. Right. Um, and but there is a whole different sort of lineage of dragons that that do uh, cool things that are new and unique and different. We don't have in the game. It's not represented. Um, so we thought there was a lot of cool stuff there, and we're like, okay, let's make that kind of dragon, something different. And so I think part of it as well is just that it was we've we've seen this before, where where an idea floats around internally, kind of waiting for the time during which it will really kind of hit where it needs to be, and and there will be designers who are there at that moment to get excited about it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that was kind of the case with this. We said we were going to do it, but we just never really had that kind of like, you know, that 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 whole team that really united behind a concept and was really to, really willing to push it forward until more recently, right? Uh, yeah, I think the 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 Ocean project was around for long enough that the original people that were excited about it moved to other teams or did were doing other things and the sort of the the idea of the vision holder there wasn't a vision holder for Aoshin um by the time it kind of came around to to me and, and our team um, so we sort of said, well, okay, rather than trying to like guess what somebody else thought was cool about this, let's like on, on between us figure out what we think is awesome and drive towards that and make that a reality. And right. I remember very distinctly the conversation where we we had with our, our the producers asking what specifically did we have to be beholden to from the old Aushin concept. Um, and the answer was refreshing, refreshingly that uh, we didn't have to be beholden to very much. We could kind of, we were encouraged and given reins to you know, make whatever we felt was going to be the coolest League of Legends dragon we could. And that was ridiculously freeing. Has um, to be a dragon, but <clears throat> has to be do, a dragon. Whatever, do whatever <laughs> yeah. you want with that. Well, well, yeah. I remember you were saying specifically that, that uh, if if I'm correct, that you hadn't even really heard of Aoshin. Like, you 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 really weren't around at the time <laughs> no. when, when that whole thing happened. <laughs> so to answer your earlier question, I, I came out of the, uh, the the world of doing freelance uh, feature films and uh, screenwriting and uh, and. and, and Ghostwriting random books that never got produced. All of those definitely sound like qualifications. Yes, probably. <laughs> and I played a, a lot of video games, and um, and I wound up getting a a wonderful invitation to kind of come and interview here at Riot, and and it just clicked. And I went right on to the team. I actually worked on Bard for a little bit too. I wrote, uh, you know, I was a contributing writer, not the principal this is, this writer. This is kind of the team getting back together. All yeah, this the, is round it was two. Like this is the weird shit team. Cosmic Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't do very much. Just kind of like you know, edit up a story sketch and helped out. I can imagine you in the back of the room. <laughs> what if he made sound? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who said that? <laughs> Great job, Luke. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I think that my first week they put me in a room with Luke, and they're like, "So what is the instrument?" And I was like, "I." They're like, "I'm not. I just started. I, an oboe. I don't yeah. know." <laughs> Everyone all like, yeah. Matt, tell us. That's tell exactly us the story what the of this character. You're like, I, Gosh. I don't even have my parking spot yet. Yeah. Like, I, how can you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, instrument ride took weeks too. You wouldn't think so, but it was just like, is it like a flute or like, yeah. Does he hold it up when he walks, or is he the instrument? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Things like that. Well, so uh, and I, oh, oh sorry. no, no, no. Oh, and from from there, it was just like onto Echo, right into Echo, and right into kind of Kindred. And along that time, I'd heard about Aoshin, and it kept bubbling up at the start of every ideation process. At that point, there were only two of us, uh, two writers who were actively developing champions under the guidance of a third you writer. You and, and Odin. Odin, yeah. There's an actual, I bring that up because yeah. I need people outside of this room to know that there is a real human being really named Odin that writes champions at League of Legends. Do you want to know my nerd thing about Odin? What's your nerd thing about Odin? So his his name is is Odin, so like, you know, thunder, lightning, and all that. And there's an item in Diablo called Schaefer's Hammer that <laughs> puts lightning And his name is Odin Schaefer. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, there you go. It's just, I don't, it's just a little No, thing. That's, that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> 
Well, you were so you were mentioning earlier. Uh, I believe the quote was you you played a game of ow chicken. Yes, with Odin. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to me about that. Um, so at the start of every ideation uh, that we would we would we you know talk about our new champions, uh, one of the producers would always be like. Does the fod does the, the fod does the pod <laughs> does the pod feel good about doing Aushin or doing a dragon? Uh, because you know we've, we've told players that we're going to make a dragon. And well, we and, to be, and to be yeah. clear, when you say pod, you're talking about the process by which you know we have a couple mm-hmm. uh, oh. fairly flexible teams that that over time are rotating between projects as, yeah. as they go through. Yeah, the champion team, as people think of it, is actually like three different mini big teams. teams. Yeah, that, because, they, that kind of all share resources. Yeah, and, and we, projects projects take a lot longer than than you know the champion release cadences. So like we want to have them all kind of. Uh, yeah, rotating together. Yeah. And, together. and we gather at the very beginning of when we say that there's a new thing we want to do or a new itch we want to scratch, and it's usually the 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 designers, the narrative folk, and the and the artists, the concept artists who kind of yeah. come together with the DNA, as we call it. That's so clever. And yeah, we're, we're fun. And then we add wow. producers and animators, <laughs> wow. and yeah, that, that acronym just hit me like a bag of bricks. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet you guys were so really... happy on the day you came up with that. Well, that was like meeting done, folks. I, that was I've... that was like the producer was like, "It could be DNA, yeah!" And right up on the board. Um, it's actually a really apt. It's it kind of sounds silly, but it's actually really apt because it actually is the like sure. core thing that builds the champion is mm-hmm. between the 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 narrative and the designer and the and the artist, and it's not like. I've thrown in a bunch of narrative ideas and like artists have thrown in design ideas. It's like everybody kind of is cross-pollinating mm-hmm. ideas. We're um, all supporting each other and people are always pitching stories. You know, the story kind of helps inform, uh, you know, design and, and how they look and how they look informs what we write. That's yeah. always, uh, it's always something it's that's kind of surprised me and, and, and really actually just made me happy about how it comes out because I, I, it seems like such a good process is that, you know, champions are the centerpiece of, of what is by all accounts a pretty big game at this point. Uh, and in the end though, they often come down to such an individual approach. You know, you guys have a, you guys have teams, but it's super, like it is super open to, as you guys have mentioned, like I've seen a sound guy when I've been observing throw out a design idea that ends up making its way in and, and, uh, different designers are really allowed to do things in different ways. And, and, oh, and it goes like, I think, especially when, when it comes down to cha- writing champion VO lines, I mean, mm-hmm. they come from across the company. And people are always welcome to, you know, pitch ideas and pitch lines. And as long as they fit in the cadence of the character or can be tweaked to work so, it goes in. Awesome. So you were saying that uh, uh, it, every time uh, a pod was coming around to its new project for a while, uh, the topic of Aushin <laughs> yeah. would be lightly is, broached. Is and then, the and then what, would, what See, would happen? You start planning a couple champions ahead. You're like, okay, if I do, if I do Echo, that means that... I can convince Odin to do a fish man. And <laughs> if he does the fish man, then, I, you know, then I know that the this tentacles. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and then, yeah. So it was Odin and I kind of, I think passing the buck a little bit, kind of a little, little tentative, not wanting so, to, so, to dive there. So we've talked about a little bit of the transition from out Shin, but I want to know what was it for you, Matt, specifically as, as a narrative human, uh, where, where the, it really was kind of the turning point where you felt like you were like, no longer do I feel like passing the buck. It's like we we've we've gotten together. We said this is going to be the dragon pod, and you, like, when did it really come together for you that you started to feel like okay, we are actually headed in a direction that I'm really excited about? It was it was actually during Kindred. Uh, I had an idea to do a weird cosmic targon three eyed sniper that would just go and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, it was it we was should weird. Talk after this, uh, we I should think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was not a great pitch or well thought out, but I really liked the idea of cosmic sniper three eyes weird you know like spacey kind of stuff. And I think it was one of the artists, Chris Campbell, was like, eh, just save that for uh for dragon. And I think he was saying it as a joke, to, as a nice way to kill the pitch, and you know, put it in, like, <laughs> just bury it, go to bed, put it somewhere but not, else. Not you. He didn't know who he was talking to. No, you, he Matt, had no like, idea. Wait a minute. <laughs> Matt stayed up for He's weeks, right. drawing three-eyed cosmic sniping dragons <laughs> in his bedroom, ready to one day present them to the pod. <laughs> Is you that, say is it like that. that. Is that <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going di- to refute head. that. 1030 a.m. <laughs> <guy can't laughs> is that how it went down? That's exactly how it went down. I'm, I'm, I'm well, then, well, then, Luke, for <laughs> you, because I remember seeing, I mean, we, we were kind of, uh, earlier we were talking about, like, the very, very, very old Aushin kit, like, mm-hmm. when, when the first one was in production where 
uh, had a global ability that made it rain. And then please, if yeah. you can describe to the table here the ultimate that was on. And be clear, this is all really old, really crazy work in progress. Yeah, it's really old. And years some, of, ago it's, at this some point. of it was like legitimately really cool, but also had a lot of problems and just wasn't quite hanging together. But yeah, the ultimate, the one I think you're talking about yeah. anyway, was uh, which. Uh, Honestly, I think could could resurface sometime because it was rad. Was uh, it was global Lee Sin Q? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. he he shot out a cloud, and the cloud got <laughs> a bunch bigger of smiley and clouds. bigger. A big, yeah, they were cute little smiley clouds. They got bigger as they traveled, and if they hit you, he would reactivate it to turn into lightning and travel across the map and just kick the shit out of you when he <laughs> yeah. gets there. What? Yeah. Was, it was awesome. Yeah. And then they were like, what? But we got wait, you. is that a no, no, real? No, that wait. was the ultimate. Oh, that was the okay. ultimate. Okay. That yeah. was Aushin. That, that, that was before I. Holy. That was the the kit that I kind of inherited. Was like yeah. the, the 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 final Aushin kit was that. I have never heard that before. Yeah, yeah he also there had you go. take on chain lightning, and he had like this global rain thing that like it made he you could, wet, he could also turn into a cloud. Like, turned, yeah, that, that was, that was you, you just could pass through him. Sorry, yeah, was, so, this was anyway, like there all before my time. Is that a status effect? Made. Made you wet? Like, what does that do? <laughs> it was, I, it was do in I a tooltip, Dylan. I, I could fish it out of my email <laughs> to maybe find it. Yeah, but, but it, it was, uh, I'm actually not totally sure. It it did, it caused some of his effects to, like, multiply, and I don't know. It was really kind oh, of he's light, heady. So yeah, probably, he's a storm yeah, dragon. Like, the lightning yeah. hits Get you your head out of the gutter, okay. Dylan. Um, yeah. He's but he made would, of lightning. And it's actually, it's wow. actually kind he of would, tricky for, uh, like, doing storm stuff, because we kind of already have characters that do. Like, like sure. Jenna's got a lot of that stuff going, so it's like finding new space in... In storms, yeah, it's like Janna and Kenan are kind of your like, yeah, Kenan's already like spectrum of like lightning storm. Mm -hmm. So right. you thought but we oh, don't Volibear. Already... don't forget Volibear ultimate for for chain lightning. Oh, I will forget Volibear. <laughs> <So you> ultimate. <laughs> Just already... like Volibear players will forget Volibear's ultimate. We already have lots of storm and lightning, but you know what we don't have a cosmic three eyed sniper dragon <laughs> from yeah. Targon shipping. <laughs> okay, so so really though, what was that that moment? Like, it sounds like you know Aushin was floating around for a while. There was even uh, you know a bit of a wacky paper kit. Where, like, what got it to the point where it's like, whoa, 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 we're actually going to go this way and we have a clear vision? It was the, we, there was that one meeting where we pitched a ton of different dragon ideas and it lasted like, this is how our ideation typically starts. It's like two, three weeks of just solid pitches. People are drawn dragons from, we had Hextech Golem style dragons, river dragons, stone dragons, fire dragons. All sorts of dragons. It was like a, a cheap discount hut of dragons that you could kind of <laughs> go and pick from. And it was the star one that kind of just kept sticking, and it kept sticking, and it was kind of this neat idea. It's like you don't see a lot of star or cosmic dragons, and and it just felt right, and I think we all kind of... I, I felt bad for Luke because you had just come out of Bardland, and you were like, oh, I could do something relatable, another <laughs> yeah. dragon from so, Earth. Well, something understandable that's not from space. Back oh. to space. Yeah. Try to, try to capture that in mechanics, Luke. <laughs> yeah. But I actually... No, um, I think you did a really good job. I want to talk about... Like, where did you end up uh, finding the inspiration for the stars, specifically the passive uh, for I mean, Aurelian? Because I, th that, I think that's a lot of doing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess to to not answer your question, start like kind of from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Take, like we take it back. We tried a lot of <laughs> we tried a lot of stuff because we weren't sure what dragon meant. Like we 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 knew Big? we wanted to make a dragon and not quite like those dragons and not quite like that dragon, but we weren't really sure what that meant. And like, yeah, what's a dragon? Well, it's big, okay, I guess, but it's like long and thin too, so not really big. And maybe they're scaly or have teeth or breathe fire. Well, not necessarily. So um, it took a lot of exploration to sort of um, zero in on the right feeling. Um, and I think the the uh, the big thing that that sort of got me to the kit that we have now was uh, uh, Jordan uh, Rex, who's a designer on on Kindred and Brom. Yeah. Um, uh, at one point, he basically said uh, that a dragon is basically shorthand for, like, awesomest wizard of. Um, but, you know, that I needed to figure out what made this character different from a wizard in a dragon suit. Um, and that was sort of an odd thing, but I took that to the pod and I'm like, this is it. This is, this is the answer. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, so trying to figure out, you know, uh, a like space wizard sort of hangs back and like lobs stuff at you and, you know, calls down meteors and things. And that doesn't feel like 
I don't know, it doesn't feel draconic to me. A dra dragon is inherently magic, and they have a menacing presence, whether they're yeah. big and strong or long, and it doesn't I mean, matter. I mean, like, most most dragons, at least that I am aware of, maybe just the Western dragons, right, literally live in a bathtub of gold, right? Mm -hmm. they're, like, they're like, all of the coolest stuff I can have is mine because I saw it. And so, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying here. I was going yeah. through my notes right before we came from, like, you know, March and oh my god, it's been almost a it's over a year. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, been, this character's been in, in development even as just as Aurelian. Well, became Aurelian Soul yeah. for a long time. But I remember writing specifically, it's funny that you said that hoarder, like in big, I just yeah. listed things out and you're like, hoarder, what could he hoard? Was the next thing I typed because yeah. I type in the stream of consciousness. And then I was like, magic. Uh, Four spaces, and I just change the question. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, and we're moving and on. Moving we're on. moving yeah, on. Yeah, because like the the whole point of the character was to sort of challenge some of those conventions, but not to the point where it didn't feel right anymore. So right. like finding the right amount of draconicness, whatever that was, uh, was really tricky for me. And I'm a very experiential designer. Like I want the player who's playing my characters to feel somehow like that character to have a different experience because they're playing this character versus another one and i think um i'm, I'm pretty happy with how bard turned out in that regard and i think aurelian soul has um a fair bit of that as well just you feel like a menacing presence and like you're effortlessly powerful yeah i i will say i've played exactly one playtest of aurelian <laughs> soul and this is actually something i've been doing recently is i try to know as little about the character before they hit live good because i want to try to get that experience like the first games i ever played of Jin or Alawi was on release day you know i'm like oh i kind of know like i have i have that benefit i can like ask a playtester oh, like you want you want the like opening the present kind yeah. of experience and, and, and so there was one moment uh when this is before his VO, which makes me sad, uh, but but that's another present I'll get to open, where for Aurelian, I was walking up to a team fight, and just by being there, I felt really cool, <laughs> right? Like, it's, you know, they're, they're, like, fighting over red buff, and, and, you know, on Lux, you're like, oh, I gotta, like, fish for a Q and then land my giant laser, and then on Aurelian, I was like, wait, I am the laser, kind of, right? I'm like, just as I roll up, it's like, who wants a body massage? <laughs> just... Hit it, rub up on him with the stars. That's what I'm going to be saying in all chat, by the way, when I when I hit rank five on this character. It's just going to be, who wants a body, body massage? massage? That yeah. was one of the other things he hoards, body massage. Yeah, yeah. What does he hoard? Magic and body body masseuse. Is it, is <laughs> the body it, massage machine go? There's always the moment in iteration where I call it the numbskull phase, where you're, everyone has a good idea of what they were making, and then we stop and say, wait, what? actually is a dragon and it's like the stupidest question you can possibly think but it actually kicks you out how simple the question is and you start yeah. making lists and anybody who looks at a whiteboard that you're working on <clears> at that <throat> point is like does this person not know what a dragon is <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, when is wrong with them this person get breath paid weapon and like wings? to do like, it wow how do they not know this but it's, it's really like, weird it's a weird moment but it makes you uh, I think it helped you a lot too to kind of go back and figure out what elements are the things you wanted to represent the most on uh, on Aurelian Soul. Well, yeah, I think the first time we tried to do the "What is a dragon?" exercise, we got like a word. It was like "What is a serpentine dragon?" because that was the the thing we were shooting for was was quote unquote serpentine dragon as sort of <clears throat> the differentiating archetype from mm -hmm. Western dragon or whatever you want to call it, winged dragon. Um, and it, we pretty much got as far as like long body, and then we would write down like. <laughs> scales and, and then people are like no i don't think so nope <laughs> teeth no scales? claws no nope like yeah so it magic yeah, okay magic so it was like that was pretty much all i had to go on was long body magic okay um i i find this funny because of how uh aurelian regards magic like how he's kind of like oh great yeah magic mm -hmm. sick thanks you know like it just <laughs> kind of dismisses the idea yeah. you have to call yeah. it a name yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you have to Ooh, invoke the magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, some of our early, uh, some of my early kid explorations, it was like, okay, well, let's just go really hard on the long body thing. Like, he's uh, serpentine body, really long, cool, great. Let's find what gameplay is there. We haven't done that before. Um, and that went actually, the start of that was um, Aushin had an in game model. And Aushin's in-game model was this sort of, like, long dragon, and it fit inside a normal character hitbox, which meant he was a pencil. He was, like, tiny and thin and not imposing at all. Um, and we knew that wouldn't really work because he doesn't need, they need to feel, the dragon needs to feel imposing and large. Um, so we said, okay, well, 
if we can't fit him in a normal hitbox, what if we just said, forget it, make him long as heck? Um, so we tried making, I tried making gameplay around this, like, worm-like, really, really long dragon-like. <laughs> I remember you that. Know, yeah, let's well, like, not how, undersell how long, how long it was. How, how yeah. many Teemos are we talking? Uh, it was it was 10 or 12 Teemos long, like, and that ended up not being long enough, because um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like the gameplay Double was like, it. oh yeah, it's for it to be, you know, like, you want to wrap around people or, like, go between people and things, and in League, like, you either have to be going way faster than everybody else, be really, really long, like, screen length, or have an incredible amount of hit points in order to, to live long enough to do that kind of stuff. Because everybody else just runs straight at someone's face and, and, and kills them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. every um, skill shot's hitting you at that point. Yeah, like. so and so that, that character would have to be a tank. And they'd have to be a mainline tank, and that's it. Yeah. And I never felt, I never felt that that was sort of doing the character justice. Like, the the Serpentine Dragon idea is they're about magic. They're a magical being. So they need to do magical stuff, and standing there and taking damage is not really that magical. Um, so between sort of my misgivings about those, that kit and um, just some, like, technical concerns and not, like, uh, just, like, what do we even do if this guy is sticking halfway out of brush? Or you only <laughs> see his middle section. How do we do animations? What does it look like? baby feet and a tail um, sticking out of the brush. Right, because, like, nothing in the game ever exists halfway in view. Because we don't, we don't know how to, like, because, you know, Fog of War is all fuzzy on the edges. And it's, like, I don't even know what we would do to make, to render that. Um, so between those technical concerns and my missions with the kit, we're like, okay, Hold the phone. Let's let's scrap that and try again. Yeah. No. No more long dragon, Matt. I I want to ask you about uh, how the personality came together because I think anyone that that uh, has played Aurelian at the time of listening to this or will play Aurelian is it it's a big selling point yeah. of the character. It was uh, it was a very interesting process because I got to basically purchase a whole lot of books on dragons and watch a whole lot of movies about dragons. And <laughs> oh you, come on, yeah. you own you own at least some of those books already. It was only one thing extra you? I had to purchase. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you already had a dedicated dragon part of your library. I, I do uh, now. Don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? Uh, but it was you, you wanted to do some. I wanted to do something different with the personality. I didn't. So the most memorable dragon I could find in recent years had been like Smog or Parthenax from from Skyrim, and those were like big influences. <coughs> so when I have stuff that I like that much, I tend to want to kind of move away from them mm. so that I don't mm. overlap them and don't. I'd rather be inspired by them, you know. Um, and so. We started just looking at references, and someone brought up the, the <coughs> Great Owl from mm, uh, right. Secret of Nim, and that whoa, yeah, that was pretty. That just like that imposing. You I'm, know, I'm literally too young for this reference. <laughs> oh man, I'm you got to see Pat, that movie. Patrick may have if the it's voice something of a to make Dylan go, year old oh, man, but then I know. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's actually a youngin, but that just blew my mind, man. So what, explain to me, <laughs> yeah. explain to, to to our our listeners as well. What is the Great Owl? So the Great Owl is just basically the owl that eats mice and rats and all the little creatures. And there's this, that that one I can't remember her name anymore. The one mouse who has to go to say, to find medicine to save her son has to go see the great owl and he has keep secret truths that are just basically honest and she's you know crawling over skulls of other mice that she is you know as she's going to meet him and he just speaks in this deep imposing voice with glowing eyes and i don't know why i said that part with his voice but yeah that's fine. Head, i'm into it i'm like and, you have now you kind of look like an owl now i'm i'm going to keep that forever no longer jiminy cricket in yeah. a wind tunnel all right <laughs> that's or or yeah, or uh, a mike and ike that someone stepped on i don't yeah, know I where that your... one came from that was me <laughs> um but yeah i think the mm -hmm. the important thing about it is also the personality of like um, the great owl, he'll answer your question. He might yeah. still devour you, but, you know, he will dispense his wisdom. He's and, willing to, and that yeah. was, that led to basically us thinking, is this guy a hero? Is he a villain? What is his mm -hmm. role? And for me, that tends to precede personality. I got to know, are they villainous? Are they heroic? You know, are they, they, they morose? What is that core? And villainous felt wrong to do for, mm -hmm. for a dragon. Like, and I think early on he hedged that way because Great Owl led us to Shere Khan and it led us to Ultron and all these great, rich, complex voices. Um, but it, to divorce from the voice, 
we were making a star dragon. And a star dragon to me is like taking the most magical thing that you've ever had and then adding the more the more wondrous thing on top of it. Right. And that was just mind-blowing. And it, Double it was, magic. Yeah, it's like double magic. And, and it was during a crunch time on Echo and a crunch time on Kindred. And everyone was asking, who's the personality of dragon? And I think that day I was just like, you know, he's the most magical thing ever. I mean, he's stars and dragon. He's, he's David Bowie. What? And then everyone stopped, and they were just like, "Oh my god, that's cool!" And then well, I, just, I can totally yeah. see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like yeah, I've been in situations like that where they're like, "Well, that's it. I, that's all I yeah, need yeah, to I, say." I get it, and I was like, "Good, they get it." I don't know what it means yet. Yeah, and that's not that's not really like embellishment. <laughs> I that was myself some time. The meeting it was just like he's David Bowie, and we're all like, "Oh, oh." Everyone yeah, in their own yeah. way is taking what that means to them away from yeah, the meeting. It, it which, was yeah. <laughs> Constantly yeah, had people coming um, up to you. You're the David Bowie guy, aren't you? Yeah. Bowie guy. Um, but it, 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 what it did was it actually gave a touchstone. Like, what is it about David Bowie? And then we had a lot of great conversations <laughs> about what is it when we say David Bowie, what do we mean? And what is it? And it, we began to realize it was this effortless thing. It was he's marvelous. He can do whatever he wants. He's beautiful. Everything he creates is 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 inspired. Uh, he is arrogant. And I don't even know if David Bowie's arrogant. God rest his soul. He seemed like yeah. a brilliant, shout, shout beautiful man. Yeah. Um, and he just, if if he was arrogant, I probably wouldn't give a shit. You know, you're like, he's entirely yeah, he's, deserved. He deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah this and, seems and that, very much like the rock stars of that era. Right? Exactly, you, yeah. We're talking about rock stars almost in abstract, but like David Bowie's a nice touchstone where it's just like, yeah. you know, he's on stage and he, you know, this you Every, can't you can you can't reach out and touch him, but he's just there and he's amazing and he's got ridiculous makeup on, but he like completely owns it and he's and he's speaking like, just to you, and that's I think what it connected with me is that when I look at the stars, I think they mean something very very special to just me or just us, and it's very much like a musician and a rock star because they're singing a song and you're singing your car too, and you're like, man, they get it. They get it. The song is my song. I get it. You know, he, they get me. Yeah, but, and there was that element to to what people would think of when they look at a dragon that worked for me. Yeah, but at the same time, there's just yeah. sort of this, like, this uh, spin on it, too, which is, like, the rock star will, like, the, the, rock, the rock star, sort of an abstract, yeah. will, you know, make demands of, like, the hotel room has to be mm-hmm. just like this, or he won't deign to talk with his fans, or, like, he's only going to do signatures for five minutes, and then he's going to go. Like, you know, it's their, their um, sort of, they have to have things their way, and because their way is the right way for what they're doing. Yeah, um, if... If if there are red skittles in here, I can't work. Exactly. You know, right. yeah. I need I need only yellow skittles for my chi. Right. So that, you know things like that. Yeah. Um, I talked about not wanting to make a villainous character, and it's not that's not villainous, right? But it is sort of this negative aspect. He's not just this like goody two shoes like I'm all happy and stars are great. It's like you know he's a he's an artiste. Yeah. And he has very particular tastes. And yeah. we had a very strong conversation. It was was he preening? Was he, was he, did he want attention? Yeah, and was he came vain? To the idea. Was he vain? And it was like, no, I don't think David Bowie and these elder statesmen of rock are, are, are very vain. I think they are just naturally apart, but they don't, for me, he always never seemed the kind of guy who sought that much attention. He, it was about the work. It was about the show. It mm-hmm. was about that kind of stuff. And it, it was very similar to Yeah. He, he was an, he was an mm-hmm. artist and he did things his way. Yeah. That was the only way it would be done. And that was all there was to it. And so, so it, it, and we needed a reason for him to be in the world and the idea of Targon kept cropping up because that seems to be like our resident celestial sort of area mm-hmm. because we just only had Bard and Stars in the star area for a while. Yeah, um, yeah we, we knew we did, this guy wasn't going to be like from Runeterra, right? right. He'd just like pop up somewhere. Yeah, um, what were his motivations? Because I think you, especially, and you, you you rightfully drove on us to give us him, give him a more relatable motivation, something mm-hmm. tangible that we could get behind and it, we came up with the idea that he was basically had signed a bad record deal with Targon Records and, <laughs> yeah. and was now basically had to go play birthday parties and do the things oh, that they man. didn't really want to do or need him to do. And Memes he became... will be born. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so ready for this. Well, this is interesting that you bring this up, the like not wanting to be from Terra, because I remember uh, I uh, a couple years ago when I had started, I, I always hung out with the narrative crew and you know they kind of explained to me very easily that in our past, we've made uh, a couple missteps uh, in in the sense of like, oh, where's this new character from? I don't know. He's from some place, whatever. But he's here now, right? Mm-hmm. Or or things like, what about this guy? It's like we have in in the very 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 first draft, I call it of of League of Legends lore. You know, it's like you have I want to say like ten characters that are just from a different planet, right? It's like it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. say where they're from. It doesn't describe the planet. It's just they're there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, for our world, it's like well, if we're thinking otherworldly, for a long time it was just the void. 
right? And there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff that comes out of the void. And that's why I was always really personally encapsulated by, by Bard, right? Because you're like, wow, well, we don't even have to explain where he is because because he's he's everywhere he's nowhere he do is he even yeah, real he's like transdimensional like it's yeah he's not even from like he's not <laughs> from here in any meaning of the word here yeah trying to describe where he is from is missing the point yes it yeah, can only be described character. in in like noises and and, yeah. I, and i think for for Aurelian soul we you know the the idea of it had to be more than just where he was from. Like, we don't actually start and, and say, we want to make a character from Piltover, we want to make a character from Zahn. Like, that usually comes later when we figure out who the character is. And for us to make a star dragon that comes from the stars worked. And to have that touchstone of David Bowie, which was helpful to get us to the next stage, was really, you know, those moments are we, we strive for them pretty often. You That's where our references come from. That's where they really help us out. And with, with him, we wanted to give him a very you know, easy motivation, right? A simple motivation that you can understand. And it was, he was, he was battling, he was fighting the wars that Targon didn't want to fight or they couldn't fight for whatever reason. And that he felt that this was a gross misuse of his creative powers. Yeah. And his so art. he, exactly. He wants to be back in the heavens creating stars. And if you can't help him get back there, you better be entertaining at least. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah, he's that's supremely uninterested yeah. in most things you have to say or do. Yes. So, but sometimes you pique his interest. He's like, Oh, Mm-hmm. That's sort of that's sort of how he oh. came to be. That's sort of how he came to to run the Targon in the first place. I think yeah. he was like, "Oh, what's this like life thing? And what are they up to?" And yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, how does a how does a cool heaven guy like Aurelian Soul end up <laughs> dragon esque being? Yeah, the, the, the celestial body known as Aurelian Soul. Ooh, how, how, how does that body, person like even come to be part of Targon? Right? Like this seems mm-hmm. like how, how how do you make that kind of misstep, man? And, you know, it's all it takes is you pick the wrong person sometimes. And I think with, with Dragon, the way we've been approaching him is that he, you know, was alone in the universe for so long creating stars. And then he started to see these eyes open up and behold his works. And he would, you know, kind of peek in and be kind of, you know, amused by like what they thought of the stars and how they kind of created all these. They drew, you know, they drew lines between the stars and called them pictures. And that's felt kind of like a, a very bold thing for them to do so he kind of he descended he wanted to go meet a couple of them so he picked the one that looked like they were the smartest and most furthest along in uh in the civilizational scale and and he isn't kind of, the smartest anymore oh well, <laughs> he's, he's, and, it sounds like he's over it yeah he it was it was targon and they kind of uh they tricked him you know they gave him that star well, kind of creme gen, star crown and uh and that's that was it well yeah in, in yeah, a way he, found him. he they were the first to ever flatter him and mm-hmm. he he's came to that really really kind of almost blindly because it's like wow it's, you know, yeah, that never they, happened before they, gave me a gift. they appreciate my work yeah. like this gift and then yeah it ended up being a uh, yeah it just ended up sort of roping him into doing stuff that he didn't really want to do because uh, he he'd much rather just be up making more more great works in the sky yeah it sounds interesting because oh. uh you know he's a I guess, quote unquote, Targon champion in that that is where he is right now. Right. But it's, it's not tar- like Targon adjacent. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a lot of our characters were just like born and raised in X, born and raised in Y and, and fights for fights for them as well. And, and all of that. This is just a place he is right now. And he's in a circumstance. Uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it seems open to like change and development. And it's pretty complicated because, I mean, he's a lot of his battles he's been fighting are void. You know, and it's things that do threaten him and his his persona and his work. But he he kind of wishes Targon would have asked first. Sure. Yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> the things, the things he's doing aren't necessarily against what he would like to do. Just he would he would do them differently. Is that all, is, is like all that like, lo, like you know, wonder and almost affection that, that he felt once upon a time, is that is that gone now because because they screwed him or is that, that still there? Is he maybe even more fond than he realizes? I think that's probably where he would go. Okay. I mean, I think he's mad right now. Sure. Be, especially because he's sensing yeah. something But it's not loosening. like you know, he's, Yeah, he's getting free. No, they're not his kids. <laughs> okay. They're, they're <laughs> supplanting him and he's like, ah, well, they'll grow up to be better than me. No. <laughs> yeah. No. He's so, got to put so him in their place right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. And All right. It, but maybe, maybe in a, maybe a couple he won't kill years. every single one of them. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> and, and a point Matt made earlier, uh, earlier on, was that you know this character is is so ancient and so long lived that this is just a a blink of the eye for him. Like, yeah, it's been it's been annoying, but at the end of things, he'll go on with his his business elsewhere <laughs> in the cosmos, and it won't really be that big of a interesting of a hindrance just because he's lived so long. So uh, to get back, uh, we've talked a little bit about what it is like to be uh, 
uh, Aurelian Soul. I'm kind of curious about the experience of of both playing him and seeing him in game. So mm-hmm. looking at his kit, like there's some strange stuff going on there, and I'm imagining in my head this guy doing some strange things in team fights. Uh, yeah. Like what? Obviously, you know, there's kind of a a core loop to this this kit. Uh, as as Patrick mentioned, it's get next to people and mess them up uh, and hug them, give them the hug of, of death. Yeah, um, not too close. <laughs> yeah, not too close. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just like what we're going for in terms of like, uh, uh, what's the term we use? Strategic? Uh, strategic niche. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah. What is uh, really in Soul's strategic niche? So th- this character is actually a little bit different in that we didn't focus primarily on strategic niche first. Um, some characters that we've made recently have had that, that focus. Like uh, uh, Kindred was definitely like, what if there was a marksman in the jungle? That's crazy. Um, this guy came more uh, from because we knew we generally start out character development with we want to make a mage or an assassin, and then you figure out okay, what's different about this major assassin? In this case, we started out with we want to make a dragon. So I sort of navigated that by trying to make the coolest, best dragon that I could, uh, and didn't worry too much about like how is he, you know, completely different from Karthus. Um, but I think I ended up with a, a kit that feels really different from anything else in the game and i think that's uh sort of the driver of that uniqueness uh is that you pick this character when you want to play this character's style and um, what is that style uh yeah so i guess going through like where how not, where things came from um because i could just read the kit description but the the first piece of this that we the, of the kit that's in the game now that we kind of came to was the orbiting stars uh and it was this idea we tried a bunch of stuff with like flight, like this guy flies around a lot in team fights and, and sort of has all these like multiple dashes or things like that. Um, and it ended up being like, well, you can't target spells very easily while you're like controlling flight or jumping around a lot. So we ended up with lots of spells that were, you know, self, self-centered, self huh? Um, <laughs> but, you know, targeted around him or things like that. And one of the spells that kind of fell out of that, the the flight thing didn't really pan out, but this spell, the, the orbiting stars, was really kind of cool. So we kind of played it up and increased the range and decreased the range and played around with how it worked. More stars, less stars. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there were yeah, there were time when there were like five of them and it was just like no one can deal with this. Um but the and, idea that this character um so that that by itself there was a version of the kit that basically just had the orbiting stars and we did a did some lane tests up to like level, you know, 6 or 10 and it was fun. It was fun just trying to hit people and them dodging out of the way. Um, so we knew we were on to something then when it was like, this guy doesn't need any more abilities. Cool. Okay, let's add some more abilities. Um, so, and and the, like I was talking about earlier, like what makes a dragon different from a wizard in a dragon suit? And I think one of those things is this idea of power centered around them, effortless power. So the fact that he has these, his passive is just, he has these stars and they're just on for free um, is part of that. He's not casting a spell. He just has these stars. And to speak to that for a second, um, there was always there was also the moment where we realized that it wasn't he was more than just a star dragon or a dragon from space or a cosmic dragon. He was the one who made stars, and we called him Star Forger. I think that's when it really became something that is draconic, but also more than draconic at the same time. Yeah, he was this dragon esque being. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep repeating Dragon-esque it. celestial it's all entity. The D-E-B. <laughs> I mean, the. the uh, so folks at home can do that replacement in your head. I'm yeah, going to yeah. keep saying dragon. Anyway. No, I'm just... Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, so that that definitely was like, yeah, and these things were were his essence. They were these things that he made, and it was not just that he made stars, but he was made of the stuff that stars are made of, I guess. Yeah, he, um, he's just like another expression of their form. Right. Right, he kind of melds them. I, I want to say, I, I want to take some time to, to you know, honestly... Uh, Say I, I think you've done a really really cool job with this character, and and thank you. This is something that uh, just to gush for a little bit because I I, <laughs> I play the game so much, and and I I try to be uh, very much like a student and player of the game first. Uh, for Ilawi and Jin and now Aurelian Soul, there is such an excitement for me that we have managed to nail their style of play 
so closely to their personality. I mean, uh, we were here, Dylan, talking about Jin and how Jin is very particular, right? And he wants everything to go like a certain kind of way, right? And, and you know, he, he plays out these big scenes in his head and that's how team fights really work out for him, right? It's just like, I need to mark this person. I need to hit them with the fourth shot. It has to be by my design. And Alawi is another character that's like, I put all my faith into this god that I, the player, can't see. And so when you team fight with that character, it's like, all right, I'm really, really close to death, but I'm going to press this button and we're going to win in this instant because I believed. And Aurelian's soul is so much that everything is actually kind of centered around him. And there are times where you can feel bad about that. Like, oh, great, I got to carry this guy into a fight and I got to, like, set him up. But when you do create the position to let him do his thing, it is honestly effortless. It's like he's not even really trying to, to kill the opposing team. He's just there and the stars are doing their work. And when I saw that happen in playtest, I was really starting to get really taken with the kind of champion that, that he's become. So I, I couldn't be more excited about Aurelian soul and his place, you know, especially compared to, to the kinds of work that we used to do. Oh, thank you very much. So there um, you go. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And that speaks some to what his, his strategic niche is, is that he can, if he gets in the right, place and he gets ahead enough he can zone a fight he can zone out a whole fight really easily right because he he's just like i'm here what are you gonna do about it yeah um, with his, his presence kind him. of extends beyond his model and, and his form almost in the same way his influence might right which i think is is very very cool oh. and I'm, I'm happy that it lined and up that way there's a lot of funny times where playing as a and you'll be focusing on killing that guy over there and your stars will just be swinging around and hitting other people you're not even paying attention <laughs> to and it's sort of uh it's sort of an almost accidental, like you killed my support. Oh, he's like, oh, did I? Did I, did I, I, did I? I? There was someone there. Oh, like it's it's sort of accidental, but it does fit really well with sort of the mindset that the character would be in. I like think for Aurelian, it was Tuesday. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Yep. that wow. team fight was the most important team fight of your life. I, I hope his wow. pentakill lion is like really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of expecting a little bit more. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Julia. That was yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, good points. Um, uh, so yeah, I guess ba back to the kit. I guess I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just wondering, uh, like, what the experience. Like, I think, oh, yeah. I, I think we've we've done such a great job uh, in line with what Patrick was saying, and, and that sounds bad. That's not to toot ourselves. Uh, the The point is that tootin'. yeah, toot, toot <laughs> ourselves. Tootin'. Oh God. The point is that as champion dev has extended uh, kind of you know the length through which it it takes place, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we're doing. Uh, a better job of really making sure that they feel awesome and impactful in every ways. Like, I mean, let's face it, back in the day when there was uh, two champions every every month or more than that, like, you know, four at a, in a month at one point, uh, they weren't all super individual. And like, you know, through the efforts of the Champ Up team, we've been fleshing that out over time. But in this case, with these new ones, it really does feel like like we're creating whole new, like, tech and just experiences even for these new ones and 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 i see that with aurelian you know just through the combination of the uh the aoe abilities the whole like uh you know charging up uh move speed while while moving in a mm -hmm. in in a in the in the same direction but losing it on turns that that stuff is so not something i'm used to in the game i'm really excited to see just how it creates totally different fight experiences yeah i think i think in recent years you've been uh much more willing to take risks and do things that seem out there and i think a lot of the a lot of character designs nowadays start with someone being like what rule can i break yeah right yeah what's <laughs> like, the thing and this is i remember because i want to say this almost started with like thresh right thresh was like what if i just give dashes to people that don't have them yeah right and people are like well that, that'll be broken and it's like yes it will <laughs> yeah. what, you, you can break stuff too you know we can all kind of live in this world where we're making crazy things happen i i, I like to think of it as Back in the day, and this is not to not to knock <laughs> knock that thing, but back in the day when it when it was a new character every two weeks, right? Yeah. I used to think we were kind of making action figures at that time. It's like, oh, you're like, oh, I kind of like the snapshot of what this guy's trying to do. And now it feels like we're really making like like movies, t-shirts, like things that you can really hold on to about the characters. We've like, gone from action figures to t-shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. If, if you can follow that Woo. metaphor for me, because I think that, that's the way I think about it is, you know, like Echo is one of my favorite characters of all time. And that's like someone <laughs> that I want, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, you got it. Sorry. <laughs> you found the time put. He's oh, the wow. time boy. Yeah. Oh. No, but it's like, you know, that's a character that I feel like, you know, I, I want to see that character in Super Smash Brothers, right? Like, I want to see that character, sure. you know, I, I want the t-shirt. I want the movie of mm -hmm. Echo's upbringing, right? Where it kind of used to be. It's like, well, do you really like Jarvan? 
cool, well, we hope you like the next one that comes out and the next one that comes out. And you, people could kind of pick and choose then. Yeah, characters were often like a weapon. Mm-hmm. And it was like, do you like hammers? This guy does hammer things. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of it did come down to just the fact that it was a, a two-week release cycle and everything yeah. was sort of unknown territory. And honestly, there were a lot of things that hadn't been done yet that were just like, oh, yeah, that. Let's do that thing. Like, yeah. Jarman's like, we haven't put a ring of terrain about anybody. Let's, let's do that. Yeah, Darius was like, though, we don't really have a big axe. Every game has a big axe. Yeah. Let's do our big axe. Maybe just chops a guy really good. That's that's new and unique. Gary and, Chop Man. Yeah. Doing a mega chop. Yeah, I mean, bringing it back to now, like, the, I think the cool thing there, too, is that that whole approach of like, oh, what rule can we break? That's actually just become possible more recently. Like that wasn't something we could do back in the day. Like that 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 level of resource and just kind of like capability wasn't always, uh, you know, inherent to each champion pod. Uh, now though, we do have that, and it's like we're gonna go totally outside the box with this guy, do something that that is going to require us to create new things. Uh, you know, like we're seeing with Rillian Soul. So then- so uh, I want to we're we're probably about out of time but Matt I want to ask you a question sure. I kind of have a last hit for both of you Uh-oh. Matt I want to know what is what is your favorite line of Aurelian Soul <laughs> what do you what do you think is the most quintessential do you want my honest favorite line we want your honest no. favorite and we want the other one too <laughs> yeah. I, want to hear it. <laughs> I think um he has one line about uh talking about how beautiful it is to make a star and it catches me every time because it, it's easy to think of him as a giant monster or a giant entity coming to this planet to wreak havoc but he our, our voice actor um, he just found the vulnerability in the character uh, and there's you know he just did a great job and all of his lines by the way the ones that work the best in my opinion are the ones where the note was say it with jazz hands and, <laughs> and he did so you can imagine that somebody saying yeah. it with jazz hands I love the way then, it works then, out and then my last hit for you Luke is what what play are you most looking forward to seeing on the subreddit when Aurelian goes live? Oh man, I mean, I think the 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 obvious answer is the 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 EQ combo where he just throws out this Q and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That was one of the, the rules. It's like, what if this thing got bigger and just kind of didn't stop getting bigger if you just chased it down? So I'm waiting on the person who like throws a cue from their base and just chases it all the way to the enemy <laughs> fountain and, and just like, like pentakills with uh, the enormous uh, thing yeah and like it's like a key fight and they just like show up and just like stun the whole screen um <laughs> because the, you you that have, to, okay. you, you have yeah. to call that shot so far in advance that that's going to be really really hype when it yeah, happens it's like what if you were the jinx rocket in a sense yeah. right it's like you become the ash arrow yeah yeah which i think is super cool actually i want to change my answer Uh-oh. is that okay yeah yes. um my favorite line no. for dragon for aurelian soul is his choose me it yeah. was the one usually we write a ton of choose me lines it's the hardest one of the hardest lines to write for a champion yeah. sure first and impression. his was, yeah his was the easiest and he just says naturally <laughs> <laughs> one word I, yeah. he's such a tool but we all love him <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> well thanks for coming cool. out guys really appreciate your time uh going on this spiritual journey with us. I, I kind of got the sense, Matt, that you I'm, cry while playing this guy. I, and, uh, I'm sad that it's over. Can we just keep talking about Dragon Moore? Or? Uh, let's let's, let's no. get out there and play him. <laughs> You're that's like, that's no. what we need to do. <laughs> he's like, Matt's going to be sitting in the fountain as he plays him. Just he's too busy typing in all chat. Look at how beautiful he is. <laughs> he's just going to be whispering into himself. So naturally. Naturally. Every, naturally. <laughs> yeah, and every now and then he'll pull, if you hit him with a, if he hits, gets a hit with a star, he will say, Boop. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's that's got it. That's the Easter egg. That's the hidden thing for people. There we go. All right. Thanks so much for coming out, guys, and thank you to all you out there for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, gonna ask you to like, subscribe, tell us what sucked, tell us what's great, all that type of stuff, so we can keep getting better at this. Uh, other than that, we'll see you next time. Bye.